Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, a Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, we made it to Week One. Finally, long anticipated Week One matchup at Ohio State. Marcus Freeman's first game as Notre Dame's head coach. True, truly, I mean, he's going to get count credit for two games, Oklahoma State game. Yeah, but in my opinion, his first game as Notre Dame's head coach. Tyler Buckner's first game as Notre Dame's starting quarterback at Ohio State. Huge game. Just everything we talked about it possibly being. And if you're an outsider watching, it was a great game. If you're a Notre Dame fan, we'll discuss. But... Unfortunately, it ended in a 21-10 loss, and I will talk about it, as I always do. I'm going to go through most of the game. Um, we'll see if I don't go off any any tangents, take some exits, get off the main road, take some exits, maybe even a side street or two, then find my way back on the, the main road. We'll see. But I do want to start with just college football in general, because there are some things we can talk about. Some are Notre Dame related, some are just funny. So, we'll go there first. College football, as much as it sucks that we lost and it wasn't great, we could be Nebraska. I mean, is is that what we want to be? Where you're tied with North Dakota, 17-17, late in the third quarter? And you notice I said North Dakota, not North Dakota State. Not the Bison that have been winning and winning and winning at their level, which still, they're below you. You shouldn't, you know. But this is just North Dakota. Your basic North Dakota, I think they're the Fighting Sioux or something. Or they had to change their name, I believe, because it was the Indian connections and whatnot. But Nebraska, not awesome. I am enjoying this Nebraska team very much so. As I mentioned, I told you a story about what was my best friend. Nebraska struggling is pretty cool. Um, let's see, Virginia Tech. I guess don't play Old Dominion anymore. I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know. Uh, Utah. I guess Florida's really good, or Utah's not as good. But I think Utah was a little bit above, maybe, potentially, where they should be. But I think we're, what we're seeing is Florida's on the right track again. And there's no reason Florida couldn't and shouldn't be good. So that was interesting. Uh, Oregon. Wow. I thought they were better. I mean, they had the same 17-point spread that Notre Dame faced against Ohio State. And I know it's Georgia. But 49-3? to and I'm watching this game going, please, please don't let this be our game too. I can't live through that. 
you know, and, and I'll, I'll talk about how I feel about how Notre Dame played. We're going to get there. Um, but speaking of Notre Dame, I'm not going to get to Ohio State just yet, but looking forward, we all watched the game. After Saturday night, I don't see how Notre Dame doesn't go 10-2, and two, maybe even 11-1. and one. And we'll talk about the offense. I know that's what people are thinking right now. Oh, you only scored 10 points. How in the hell are you going to go 11-1? and one? Well, <clears throat> it's not so much exactly what Notre Dame is or isn't doing, but a threat was supposed to be Clemson. Now, if you watched the game last night, their defense is outstanding. Their offense looks like it did last year. And I don't want to hear it, oh, they won 41-10. to 10. If you watch the game, scores are misleading. Very much so. Uh, especially in that game. But I don't know what they're going to be by the time they get to South Bend. Because DJU is probably on a short leash. He's got to be. So is Klubnik going to be the guy? I don't know. But Clemson's supposed to be one of the threats for Notre Dame. As it sits right now, <clears throat> knowing what I do know, I do like Notre Dame still in that matchup. I, was, I picked Notre Dame to beat up preseason. I think I still like Notre Dame in that matchup, mainly because it's in South Bend. So there's one of our quote-unquote threats. Two other threats... People were saying that North Carolina and Boston College are going to be a team to look out for in Notre Dame's schedule. Well, you know what? Notre Dame got 99 problems, but guess what? North Carolina and BC ain't one of them. All right? I got, I got news for you, son. 99 problems. BC and UNC ain't one of them. Oh, my goodness. They North Carolina should have lost to Appalachian State. Their defense is atrocious. So, whatever. Drake May looks fantastic. But it feels like it's the same North Carolina team. Just, I don't know how good Drake May is compared to Sam Howell. But, again, they couldn't beat us with an NFL quarterback. Why would this year be any different? And Boston College just lost to the pride of New Jersey. Love Rutgers. I have family connections there. Grandfather, uncle, all went to Rutgers. I'm a Jersey kid. You lost to Rutgers. So there goes BC being a threat. And we can't ever let BC beat us in South Bend. That's just that's not allowed. After ninety three, that should not be that should be a thing. We just don't allow it. So that's you know, and we'll talk about again what I think of our team, how we can get why am I thinking eleven and one? There's part of it. There's part of it. It's who's left on our schedule. But, before I get into Notre Dame, uh, I guess another team that we should be grateful and thankful for that we are not is Iowa. Holy shit. Did you, <laughs> did you guys watch that game? I hope you did. It was comical. You know, my dad was running around all day, didn't watch any football until the Notre Dame game. And I reached out to him before. And I was like, man, did you see some of the scores today? He's like, oh, my God, Oregon lost 49-3. to And I said, did you see the Iowa game or score? And he's like, it was like 7-3. to And I said, yeah, you know how they got their 7? And he said, their defensive team, what was that, pick 6? I said, no, <laughs> two safeties and a field goal. 
Who would have thought not only did you get two safeties, but you needed both of them to win the game? That's that's a special kind of we suck at football. I, I did get it. And by the way, it's worth noting, if you didn't see the game, Iowa was playing South Dakota State. Now, again, they're right in line with North Dakota State. They're good for what their division is, but they are still South Dakota State. And this is Iowa's first half against South Dakota State. These are their possessions, how they ended. Punt, missed field goal. Punt, made field goal, gained five total yards on the drive to get the field goal. Punt, punt, interception, end of half. 56 total yards. And I know what you're probably thinking. Well, Notre Dame only had 72 yards in the second half of a game. How are you going to p- pick on Iowa? Because <sighs> we played Ohio State, the number two ranked team in the country, with a clearly somewhat revamped defense from last year. Not South Dakota State. We didn't play the Jackrabbits. I thought that was funny. But before I go into what was our game on Saturday night, I mean, we need a special, special segment for the LSU on Sunday. That was tremendous. Oh, it was great. And my favorite part of the whole thing is I tweeted out today, LSU fans are cracking me the fuck up. Last year, Notre Dame sucked, can't win the big game. You guys are garbage. You're this, you're that, blah, blah, blah. You took the coach of that charge that had 12 years and many, many opportunities to change that narrative. Couldn't do it. Now he's on your side. And all of a sudden, he's a winner, winning his coach in Notre Dame history. He won so many games. Why are you so mad? Because he didn't win anything that mattered. That's that's what you think. He got to LSU, didn't he? Whatever. By all means, enjoy the crap out of it. He's already taking credit for things, specifically him and discounting other things that are still his fault. It's hilarious that Brian Poling was the only guy that followed him, and the special teams is the whole reason they lost the game on Sunday. Yada, yada, yada. LSU, that's going to be a, a, a enjoyable circus, I think, all season. Because they want to laugh. It's funny. You know, you poke fun at them. I, well, Notre Dame still can't win the big games. Almost as if they're saying Florida State was a big game for them. And I can't figure out if they are or not thinking that. But... And they think Florida State is a big game. Wow, that's going to be fun in the SEC for them boys. So I got a kick out of that. But uh, then other teams just did what they should have done. Uh, Bama and A&M and just go down the list. But rankings are rankings for now, and I don't care. Just win the games. Play the best football you can play. The rest will take care of itself. Like we got Marshall on deck. But before we get there, let's talk about Notre Dame versus Ohio State. All right. Watch for the changes and try to keep up. So this game was something we had anticipated for a long time. I did so much stuff for for my like my account, my show, my podcast. Put out a goof. I hope you guys enjoyed it. The whole goofy video of me basically making a, basically making a music video. 
had a blast doing that. You know, the the car bombs, just all the interactions, all of it. So much fun, so hyped. Uh, you know, invited a buddy over. I actually ended up with more people than I anticipated. Uh, that was um, a blessing and a curse, I guess. I, I did keep my composure as best I could. To be honest, Notre Dame's play helped me stay under control, to be honest. But it was something we had been so excited for, and we couldn't wait, right? First play of the game. Holy shit. Huge opening play. Huge. Styles. 54 yards. And you know how I know it? I didn't even have to look up the play to know how it was a 54-yard catch because this will be a... A common theme as I go through these game notes. So Styles' big reception was 54 yards. And I know it was 54 yards. So all you had to do is look at Styles' catch. He only had one of them, and it was 54 yards. So that was easy to determine how long that catch was. Then you're thinking, oh my goodness. Like, oh, uh, we get a free 15 yards on top of that with a... I guess his arm went near Buckner's neck, head, whatever. I thought that was a little bogus. Definitely my buddy Paul, Ohio State fan, was not thrilled with that call. But I'm sitting here as a Notre Dame fan going, we just got a free 15 yards. Like, look, fire the ball at the end zone again. Keep this keep this momentum up. Keep it way up. Don't, don't, don't slow it down. Don't, like, try to regroup. Let it roll. Let it fly. What do we do? Three straight fucking runs, kick a field goal. What are we doing? I, that's, that's shit I'm talking about. That's shit I'm talking about. I don't, I don't get it. Like, that's what I, I didn't want to see. First play, awesome. It, it was, if you saw the, uh, Replay circling, t- circulating on Twitter. Buckner was a fake handoff, and he got drilled, and he made a, a pass to the outside shoulder perfectly, allowed Styles to slip the tackle and be gone for 50-some-odd yards, right? You'd think there's some sort of high. And I said part of the game, when we get close, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to use our weapons the best possible. And in that scenario, to me, the first thing you should have done was get a mismatch with Mayer and get him in the end zone. Not at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. That's going to come up again in my notes. Man, we were we were there. We were right there. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense why we decided to run the ball three straight times. The first time, I don't even agree with that, but fine. You want to, let's run the ball. Okay, that didn't really work out so well. Let's try it again. Okay, now we're going to throw it to the end zone, right? We're going to throw it to the end zone. We're going to try to score. We're going to try to score to seven. Yep, we're going to try. Nope. Okay, gotcha. We run a fucking quarterback draw. And my biggest problem with the quarterback draw, outside of the fact that it was another run, was that you can still leave the possibility of a, a pass in the inner workings of the play, okay? 
It doesn't have to just a quarterback draw, so definitely has to be a run. Well, if there's an opportunity to throw the ball, especially when you roll out like Buckner did, <clears throat> there's an opportunity. Um, unless, unless you roll out to the short side of the field where there are no receivers on that side of the field. So you were left with one option and one option only, and that was Buckner would have to break however many tackles to gain nine yards. He doesn't kick field goal. Very, very interesting choice. So, fine, whatever. We get our three. Then we come out defensively, and we look great. We get a sack on Stroud. They got a punt. I'm like, okay, let's let's go down and do this again. And I, I know it was a great punt. We were backed up. And this is the stuff that drove me nuts about Tommy Reese on Saturday. Yes, we were backed up. Yes, you don't want to take too many risks being backed up. But please, for the love of God, show some effort to get out of the shadow of your own end zone. It's it's as if we accepted, and this will be a common theme, just accepting, well, this is where we are, so I guess we'll just play for that. Whatever that might be. And in this case, that would be punting out of your own fucking end zone. <clears throat> and maybe you could argue on third and seven we tried to get the first down, except Mayer ran a six-yard route when he needed seven. So again, unless Mayer's breaking tackles, it really doesn't matter. How about we run to the sticks, actually catch the ball where it is a first down. So if they do immediately tackle you, guess what? It's still a first down. Okay. So then, Ohio State's got a short field. Guess what? Ohio State scores a touchdown. And it was on a third down. That's something else that will happen again. They score on a third down. And the thing about that play that got me, um, it's easy to say on replay and you know easy to see uh, as, a, as a person sitting on a couch in Corpus Christi, but man, Joseph had an opportunity to jump that route. And he, he kind of did, but just didn't. He, he flashed too late to where he couldn't actually get in between the ball and the receiver. He he just was just late. If he, a half second, second sooner, flashes in front of the receiver, it might be a pick six. Um, I think he would deflect it. Uh, he was just a little late getting there, but it just it looked like he could have jumped it sooner, but I don't know what his responsibility was, and I don't know if he realized that there was nobody else on that side of the field that he could have just went for it and committed. <clears throat> so, they score a touchdown. <sighs> then, because our kickoff return team was not special, the unspecial part of the special teams were backed up again. And then we pass the mayor behind the line of scrimmage, asking again him to break a tackle. He's a big guy. He does break tackles. But can we just, can we maybe let him run downfield just a little bit? The very next play, we, we improved. We improved. Instead of giving it to him a yard and a half behind the line of scrimmage, we gave it to him right at the line of scrimmage. Woohoo! What are we doing? I don't understand how. This is Ohio State. They have athletes. They have talent. That was not disputed. 
even last year, everybody said their defense has talented, fast, division top-tier Division One athletes. The off- defensive scheme was the issue. So now you're going to give the ball to Mayer at or behind the line of scrimmage, expecting him to, to what? Run through the entire Ohio State defense? I just, I love Mayer, but he, that's, he's not that guy. Just again, downfield, please. So then what do we do on third down? We don't block anybody and Buckner gets sacked. Woohoo! Let's punt. I, you can't set yourselves up for third and long against a team that has the talent of Ohio State. You just can't. When they know, hey, they're going to pass, pin your ears back and go. And our offensive line had some trouble with that. We didn't really run the ball effectively. I mean, I don't... Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. I'm just saying that I don't think 2.5 yards of rush is effective. Just throwing it out there. But we got another defensive stop. Okay. Okay. All right. We got another defensive stop. Let's do this. And then the most ridiculous catch a walk-on might ever make in a Notre Dame uniform happens by Matt Salerno on third and two. Huge. Huge play. And I loved it because I'm like, even if it was incomplete, and I will say, when I... When we drop back on my third and two, we have we've been getting two yards here and there. Even running the ball, we were getting a couple yards, two and a half actually on average. But that would have been a fine time to mayor at the line of scrimmage because he can bulldoze somebody for a yard and a half. Maybe run a read option with Buckner. All we needed was two yards. That's how I think. You know, second and two, take your shot. Third and two. That should be your get your first down play, right? He throws it deep. But I liked it because, hey, we're taking shots. Cool. Salerno deep. Sure, let's roll with it. When he makes his circus catch, awesome. The very next play was my favorite play of the entire game. And it was way too early. For this to be the fav- my favorite play. Because we never saw anything even remotely close to it again. And I didn't understand it. And I know you guys know the play. It was the play to Bauman. <clears throat> By the way, his only catch. If you're, if you're keeping score at home. Which I think a lot of you were. Only one player had more than one catch. And that was Michael Mayer. And he had five catches for 32 yards. And that will happen if you continuously give him the ball at the line of scrimmage. Just saying. So, <clears throat> anyway. 22-yard pass to Bauman. That was set up by using Tyree and Mayer as decoys. Do I want them to get the ball more? Absolutely. Do I want Tyree to get the ball more than seven fucking times in a game? Absolutely. Seven times is egregious for what he can do with the ball in his hands. Whatever. But you can still use him, as they did on this particular play, where you run him out to the left, kind of fake toss him. Mayer's running an out route of sorts uh, to the left side in the same direction Tyree is going. And you get, I don't know, four red jerseys flowing that way. Nobody looked at Bauman in the middle. Boom. Right there. 
Now, the ball's a little behind Bauman. Is that on Bauman for uh, fading too deep or too into the middle? Maybe he should have stayed it more up the seam. Um, is that where we're supposed to go? But Buckner saw the linebacker safety coming across, so he kind of threw it away from that. I don't know, but the fact of the matter is, beautifully just drawn up play. Bauman was wide open. We hit it. Tremendous. Then we get a little, this was great. Like I said, short yardage, a little screen thing to Mayer coming at at uh, Buckner, catches the ball, boom, gets the first down. Beautiful. Use him for that. I'm fine with that. But not all the time. Like, he's more valuable than that, especially when it's first and 10, and that only gets you two yards. And then Estime. Just, he's an athletic freak. That's all there is to it. He's an athletic freak. Caps off an 87-yard drive. Notre Dame takes the lead 10-7. Wow. How excited were we? Ohio State was having trouble doing anything and everything. And we're in a position to really have a handle on this game. Because we're more than halfway through the second quarter. It it just looks great, you know. And this proves, like, you know, going back to the beginning of this particular possession, we went 87 yards. Being backed up doesn't mean you can't do anything. And I said it earlier. You know, they're backed up, minimal effort to get out. Well, they showed some effort to get out. And I want to say this was the drive that he threw a deep pass to Mayer. Mayer ended up fumbling the ball but recovering it but like that was great you know we had a a misdirection read option uh like just great things were happening that was the a great drive and I don't know why we never saw things like that again I, I don't and it's weird because this is gonna come up it's like oh we ran it once we can never run it again I'm not saying you run it every play or anything like that, but like, if something works, it's okay to use it some more. Like, what are we doing? But during this time is when I learned how awful, you know, little exit from the actual game itself, the production of the ABC crew was atrocious. I don't know what was worse, us not even getting to see Notre Dame run out in the field, because Fowler and Herbstreit were talking. I don't know if it was they were talking about Harry Heastan, but had Bayless on camera chewing gum, and we missed an entire seven-yard play from Notre Dame, and then they went back to talking about Heastan while still having the camera on Bayless. That was a pretty much a joke. It was almost as if they were actively rooting for Ohio State to some extent. Um, and then the line of the night that shows really good preparation on Fowler, you know, uh, the line of the night was uh, Kevin Austin, unfortunately out injured. Ooh, not quite, sir. If you're referring to Avery Davis, cool. But you literally said Kevin Austin, unfortunately out injured. Thank you for knowing what the fuck you're talking about. Appreciate that. And just, they were almost, I say they, it was mostly Fowler to be Honest, Herbstreit had his moments, but I'm going to give Herbstreit a little bit of a pass. He is an Ohio State guy, even though I expect my guys on national television to be a little bit more professional. But it was almost as if they were 
shocked, borderline disappointed that Notre Dame played well and made it a game. It was just the weirdest thing. You know, we'll get like the Lindsay catch. We'll get there. But Fowler was like, we, we need to see that replay again. Did he really catch that? God, he, did he really? He didn't catch that, did he? No way he caught that. I mean, hell, he thought the Salerno catch was an interception. Just not great. Not great from Fowler and Herbie. Okay? And, uh, but we're, we're looking good. We're, we are looking good in this game. And we were making Stroud look pretty regular. That's another thing. You know, a lot of people were saying that the defensive line didn't play well enough because they're focusing on the one sack that happened on the first drive. Well, here's the thing. Did anyone else notice that after that first drive, Stroud didn't hang in the pocket a lot? There was a lot of rolling out, moving him, and every time he was moving, he was being chased down. But guess what? Heisman Trophy candidates and number two teams in the country make the throws that C.J. Stroud was making to keep the drive alive. And that's what you get. Just, that's what you're going to get when you're playing the number two team in the country. Okay? Um, but we just had... You know, a lot of opportunities. We get the ball back. It's third and three. Like I said earlier, we third and three should should be with what we have, a, a running play where we should be able to get three yards. Instead, we get poor blocking and nothing great. And then you get a ridiculous review of targeting. There were there were some things they reviewed that I, I don't know. Whatever. But... We were holding Ohio State in check. We didn't let them do what Ohio State does. Their longest play was 31 yards, and that was the touchdown. Where, like I said, I think Joseph could have undercut it. Um, I think it was Lewis. I forget who the, the corner was on that side, but, you know, he doesn't... Uh, it was a good pass, I guess, to lead the receiver. But I think we could have made that tackle, too. But we just... Their longest play was 31 yards for the game. For the game was 31 yards. Stroud was 1 of 7 on passes over 10 yards downfield. 11 of 13 under 10 yards. We were forcing him to only throw the ball 10 yards or less downfield. Now I don't want to hear about Smith and Jigba being out. I don't know. I don't think that was changing anything. Besides, I was told Ohio State has this depth and depth and depth that all their positions, especially receivers, so I don't want to hear about that. But Stroud was just very methodical, is a a good way to put it. They looked like they were trying to control the clock. Looked like they were trying to play not to lose in some aspects. But that was, we wouldn't let them do what they wanted to do, and it was great. You know, and maybe the defensive line didn't get as many sacks as we would have liked, but I do think there was pressure. And, but again, you're playing Ohio State, who just on paper has some of the best talent in the country, and let's admit it, overall, more talent than Notre Dame. So, you know, we're, we're, 
were looking good. Although it was a weird ending to the half. I'm just going to say it right now. Either go for it or don't. You can't do both. Like, either be aggressive and try to get down the field and get in the field goal range or whatever, or don't. You can't run the ball, then call a timeout. You can't run for three yards, then call the timeout. That doesn't make any sense to me. And then you throw the long pass where there was clear miscommunication because Buckner threw it I don't know how many yards down the sideline and the receiver cut off the route. Great. And Ohio State has a timeout while this is happening. Yeah, we call the That's another part. So there's one timeout for Ohio State. We run the ball for effectively nothing. And then we call the timeout. Okay. That's a weird ass-backwards way of doing this. And then we throw the long pass. Incomplete. Tremendous. Now we have a third down. Ohio State still has a timeout. And there's still time that... Who knows? Maybe Ohio State figures it out. And they, you know, crush the ball. Uh, and uh, You know what I'm trying to say. They make a big play and it, it crushes our, our hopes of going in the half with the lead. So then we run the ball. They call timeout. We punt. But that was the end of the half. So it all worked out. But it was just a weird ending. Like, they tried to do both things. They wanted to be safe but also go for it. Okay. So, and that was exciting because, like I said, Ohio State could have very easily put one on the board before the half, and get the ball first to start the half. So we're up 10-7. to 7. We're pumped. We're excited. Come out. First drive. Ohio State has the ball. Defense. Boom. We stop them. That's what we needed. All right. Man, let's go. Then we, we got to do something in the special teams return game, guys. That The punt on that first drive in the second half, Joseph had plenty of room to do something. And we're still fair catching. I didn't understand it. Didn't understand it. But that drive was the one where uh, Tyler Buckner just missed Lorenzo Styles. I mean, just it was a great ball, but he had an unblocked linebacker in his face, so he had to throw it. And damn, did he throw it! And it's. Man, if it's blocked properly, that's another home run ball to, to Styles. And there were there were chances for those to be there, and that's what I didn't understand. Styles got behind the defense. Lindsey got behind the defense for a big play. And real quick, I'm going through the game like as as I watched it. Because I wasn't on Twitter. I, I want you guys to get a feel for what I was thinking and how I felt as the game was progressing because I wasn't as active in the moment. But also, this is Ohio State. It's a, the biggest game probably of our season. Um, maybe at the end of the season, it will still be our biggest game. So I want to go through this very because this was the number two team in the country. They could very well be the number two team at the end of the year going into the college football playoff. And could win the whole damn thing. So I, I want to go through this like the way I watched it. And I, I want you guys to get a, a feel for it. Because I know I've added quite a few listeners. Uh, so I want you guys to get a feel for how I was watching the game. And what I was thinking as it was happening. You know, I'm not going to do this for Marshall or Cal. So calm down. I'm not going to go play by play for Marshall. Like, the, no thank you. But... You know, he just missed Styles. But 
it was a it was something I like. Like, hey, dude, we can do this. Look, Buckner's got the arm. Styles got behind the defense. What are we doing? Come on, come on. So the opportunities are there. You know, it's not we're incapable of doing it. You know. And this was the drive that uh, we got a first down because the Buckner slid and got hit late, and then you got Herbie. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Are we sure? Let's let's get a second and third and fourth and fifth and seventh and twenty second replay of that and make sure it was a late hit, dude. Get over it. Uh, but having said that, if you watch the replay from behind Buckner, and that's something he'll get better with. He'll get better with this. Thomas was open behind the defense. But I don't think Buckner's eyes were downfield the way you would have liked. But he's going to learn. It's his first start. He only threw 30-something passes last year. This is part of the learning, okay? But on the bright side, this guy did not make any mistakes. He didn't put the team in harm's way. He, He played fine, okay? He played fine. You know, but... That's a situation where, like, God, you got to make that throw. Man. You know, but our defense was just there all night. And there, I know it's been circulating Twitter as well. There were numerous missed holding calls. Uh, Ohio State holding Notre Dame defenders, especially on the defensive line. But, you know, Stroud can move, and they made sure to move the pocket for him. And that's something I don't know why we didn't try to do with Buckner. And, again, it, it might be just – Young receivers, uh, new new stuff. But I feel like that was something we could have done. Had him, instead of just sitting there as a sitting duck, maybe move the pocket around, get him on the move a little bit. But I will say, one spot that I was really impressed with Notre Dame was their tackling. I mean, defense in, in total, only giving up 21 points to this team was impressive. But on top of that, I felt like we did a great job tackling. That was that was solid. Uh, it, it's I, I say I didn't notice how great it was, but I definitely didn't sit here and go, that's a missed tackle, that's a missed tackle. So by default, they must have been tackling good because I didn't see any missed tackles, right? But then here we are again, backed up. And this, okay, it wasn't the, pet, uh, the last drive. That was just, we had the ball midfield, I, I believe. You know, from uh, stopping Ohio State in the opening drive. But now we're backed up again. But we passed the mayor and we get out of the hole. And when he's going downfield, that was the one he fumbled. But go figure. Oh, my goodness. You send mayor downfield, this big body target. And it actually works? Huh. No kidding. But didn't matter. It led to a punt. And and I mentioned it earlier uh, in the terms of Stroud. But the sideline work by the Ohio State receivers was was pretty impressive. And, but that's what you're going to get when you play the number two team in the country. They just managed to make these throws and catches. And we were putting pressure on Stroud. And yet he was still doing it. But again, that's to be expected when you're the number two team and the Heisman Trophy candidate. That's just what happens. So Ohio State's moving the ball a little bit. But it didn't help that we were backed up and we didn't give them a lot of field to to move. You know, they, they didn't have to do much to get into uh, a scoring range, right? 
In fact, the, the touchdown that he scored, it's seven, it was seven yards. It didn't feel like seven yards. I'm going to be honest with you. And it's partly because it was 10 plays. It, again, Ohio State felt very methodical. They didn't have these big chunk plays. We wouldn't allow it. But the touchdown came on a third and 11. And it was because of a safety blitz that allowed this touchdown to happen with 17 seconds to go in the third quarter. The safety blitz is fine. What I didn't like about it was the safety started really deep. When I was watching the replay, that's what I noticed. I felt like even... I don't know, I would say even if the, the pass wasn't to the middle like that, I don't think those safeties were ever going to be an important piece of that play. They started from so deep that I don't think they had enough time to really get into the play to disrupt anything. And you left Mickey one-on-one with uh, was it Xavier Johnson. And this is not Mickey's fault. He's learning. He's a freshman. Speaking of freshmen, Benjamin Morrison, amazing. Holy crap, I heard or read one of the two that Mike Mickens has likened Benjamin Morris to Sauce Gardner. I I love hearing that. Don't know if I absolutely love hearing that only because those are pretty high expectations. But if that's what we're getting, because again, Mike Mickens did coach Sauce Gardner, that's a tremendous thing. But Mickey's learning, and if, if he was Sauce Gardner, then we'd probably hold him to a field goal. But here's the thing with Mickey in that situation. Again, watch the replay. Safety started kind of deep. Now you're leaving Mickey one-on-one. He's not at a, in a spot game one freshman year at Notre Dame against Ohio State to start, be, to start uh, anticipating things well. That's just, it is what it is. So what I noticed was when Johnson got to him, Johnson didn't really give away his route at all. Credit to him. But Mickey was flat-footed. Mickey was completely flat-footed and had to wait to Johnson for Johnson to do something to then react. Well, the problem with that is when Johnson's running full speed at you and you're flat-footed, you're already done. And that's what happened. And I guess Mickey could have guessed but if you guess wrong, you know, is that better? I don't know. I guess the guess would have been inside, considering the safeties vacated that space. But I don't know. It's just that I don't really put too much blame on Mickey. Um, was that the time to be aggressive? I don't know. They haven't had a big play all game. It's third and 11. They just play our defense and hold them to a field goal. But... We let them score. They go. They go up fourteen to ten. And I'm sure some some of you are thinking, "Oh, well, so much for that. Game's over. We're done. No way." I realize we didn't win, but there were things that we did after this that I felt good, and, and then then it just stopped stopped being that. So. Ohio State gets a touchdown. We're backed up yet again. 13-yard line. But I guess if it's not a punt, it's a kickoff, it's okay to be aggressive? Because, boom, right out of the box. Lindsey, over the top. Amazing catch. 
Fallon Herbie could not accept that it was a great catch. But great catch. Then we come right back with a beautiful Chris Tyree sweep. That was jet sweep that was blocked excellently. Boom. Now we're pretty much at midfield. And we get the Salerno offensive pass interference. Uh, if you're throwing multiple deep shots to Salerno, maybe we have a wide receiver concern. I don't know, but was that ball catchable? I don't think so. But Salerno was grabbing because the corner was running the route better than Salerno. It just, it, it's you know, it wasn't great. Okay, and that was obviously somehow a huge turning point. I get that it became first and 25, but you are down 14 to 10 to the number two team in the country, a game that nobody expected you to win, a game that people were calling for you to lose by 40 points, and you take a shot. Okay, offensive pass interference, no problem. Hey, let's get back to third and manageable, pick up the first down, and go again. What do we do? Not that at all. Not even a little bit. In fact, what we do is, so the jet sweep worked the play before the Southern offensive pass interference. Well, let's just run that again. No, sorry, I'm sorry. We did we did a QB, a QB run first. That's right. We did like a six yard QB run. Cool or seven because it brought up second and eighteen. So we run the ball with Buckner for seven yards. Not great, but not awful, I suppose. So then we try to come back to the Tyree Jet Sweep. Almost the same exact setup. And I'm just like, that's not going to work again. They just saw it. And you're going to give, when well, second and 18, you want to give the ball to the running back, running lateral to the line of scrimmage. None of that, none of that was going to be successful. And it's just, not, it's just not a play that you need to be running multiple, multiple times. Yet, plays that do work, that are beautifully drawn up, and it'd be nice to, you can play off of those plays. Like if it was a fake jet sweep and we went deep, tremendous. But no, we actually handed the fucking thing off. All right, now we got third and 18. What kind of wizardry are we going to draw up now? Oh, a QB draw with poor blocking. Nice. We literally, on first and 25... I don't know what the conversation was in the headsets, but I have to imagine when something like this, hey, it's first and 25, should we punt now or just go through the motion of three plays and then punt? Because that's what it looked like and felt like and what it was. We literally ran three plays for the sake of running three plays with the intent of punting. If you're going to do that, save yourself the trouble and just punt. Like, I don't understand. It's, It's just a... Not aggressive, playing not to lose mentality that I am sick and tired of. We had everything going in a positive direction. Does that mean we win if we... I don't know. But at least show me you're trying. That's what I said in the preview. Show me effort. I'm not asking for every one of them to be successful. But show me some goddamn effort to, to think you want to and can win this game. Again, we're running plays as if we're down 40 points and it really doesn't matter. No, you were down four, not 40, and we're absolutely in the game. 
and you made the decision to just be out of the game. Whatever. Then <clears throat> we give the ball back to Ohio State. It's a third down. We pressure Stroud. He makes a great sideline throw. And Ohio State ends up going straight down the field because we're freaking gassed as all hell. And then our final drive, it I don't know how to describe it. It felt forced. Like there was plenty of time, and it's like now you want to be super aggressive. Like we it's still a still two possession game. I know we need a little bit of hurry up, but it just it, it felt like we were forcing stuff and I just it didn't make any sense. But literally that the offensive pass interference instead of first twenty five completely changed the game. And then it it brings back some of the things I've been talking about throughout this game and we lose twenty one ten. Why was the play calling what it was in the situations it was? From the first drive to the first and 25 to the end of the game, there were some great things. Absolutely some great things. I commented on them. One, the touchdown drive was beautiful. It was tremendous. We did so many great things. We hit deep shots to Styles, uh, with just over Styles, but nonetheless, it was there. Deep shot to Lindsey. Tried Salerno. He makes a circus catch. That's tremendous. We did uh, so many good things, but then we actively chose to do stupid things. You have all this momentum after Styles' big catch, and then we're going to run the ball three straight times, not even attempt to take a shot at the end zone. What? But then, after Ohio State's big touchdown, we do take a deep shot to Lindsey. Like, so we we I'm just we do know when to take shots and try to change the momentum. Okay. But we don't know when to do it all the time. It's just the, I don't know. It was very, very frustrating watch because there were things that I saw that I wanted to continue to see that just never came back. And when you have wide receivers combining for three total catches by three separate individuals, that's a concern for me. You know, Styles caught one ball. It was the first one. Lindsey caught the only that deep ball. That was it. I mean, Salerno had a couple targets, but is he the guy that should be having multiple targets? I don't think so. That's just me, though. Whatever. I'm not on the team. I'm not on the sidelines. I'm not in the practices. But Tyree needs more touches. That needs to be a thing. When you have a guy like Tyree and his talent, he just needs to be more involved. Estime, I mean, we have nine carries, but it's uh, – he's a guy that I think can be a bruiser, can do more. Um, and real quick, I do apologize for the background noise. We are apparently babysitting a three-year-old little girl this week, and she's loud. So if you do hear that, my apologies. No, I did not have another child. I promise you, still have the four. And they're all at school right now. But uh, just getting our playmakers the ball, Mayer, five catches, that's great for 32 yards. Not great. It just, I, there was still too much evidence of playing not to lose. But there were, there was more evidence, in my opinion, of an aggressive style of play. We just need to, Expand upon that. And I don't know why we didn't. 
Because, <clears throat> again, this was not a game where we were down by a million points. This was a game we were in from the start. And the only time we were not in it was with five minutes to go in the game. When it was now a two-possession game. And even then, I guess you could say we were still in it. But, I mean, just there was too much acceptance of, all right, well, I guess we're just going to have to kick a field goal here. And, oh, well, first and 25, looks like we're punting. I I don't understand that mentality. Um, I We need more aggression. We need to make an effort to get our playmakers the football. And that's the thing. Sometimes it's not so much about the play, but it, it, the player and who you get the ball to. Um, and I heard things that, well, sometimes good plays just aren't executed properly. And I agree. There were a few plays, you know, styles going deep. And there were other things that poor blocking made uh, certain things uh, look worse than they really were. But there was more, more than enough. There was, there was definitely a second helping of why are we even calling this play in this situation that even if it's successful, it's useless. Like the first and 25 situation, I don't, I'm never going to get over that one. There was zero effort to even get back into a manageable situation. We just accepted that, ah, man, offensive pass interference, there goes your drive. Uh, what? And I, that doesn't mean you try to throw a 25-yard pass. That's ridiculous. But you have two downs to get 15 to 20 yards, and I don't see why that's impossible. But we made it seem like it was an impossible task. The first series of the game, okay, we tried to run. didn't work. Let's throw it to the end zone. What do you say? Maybe take advantage of this situation. That's what I didn't know. There's just zero cutthroat killer instinct that I didn't expect to see. I feel like that's a Brian Kelly thing. But then, like I said, there were things that were very anti-Brian Kelly, and I just I want to see more of it. You know? Just still too much playing not to lose. Don't love that. Don't love that. But you look at what we did see and what we did learn, our defense is, is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And you could argue the defense, like I said, defensive line gets uh, somewhat discredited because they didn't get enough sacks and whatnot. I still think they did enough to make C.J. Stroud uncomfortable. Our defensive backs, what a blessing they are. Holy crap. Who would have guessed that our best defensive player was not even with us last year, Brandon Joseph, Cam Hart, converted receiver, after the Fiesta Bowl with Clarence Lewis. What in the hell were we expecting from that guy? Um, Houston Griffith had to be convinced to come back to school. Um, Brandon Morrison, no wait, Benjamin Morrison, true freshman, and they played lights out. They really did. They really freaking did. That's amazing. So the trajectory of our defense is very high. It's got to be. Because the things we knew, actually, statistically and otherwise, Probably didn't play as good as maybe we expected because they are the strength, but they certainly did their part, in my opinion, and made C.J. Stroud uncomfortable. And we're not going to play C.J. Stroud every week, so I'll take that. 
But the spot where we had major concerns played very, very well. So take that. Tyler Buckner, he showed you every bit of what he can be. It was his first start. He is still a guy who hasn't played a full season of football since 2019. You know, he only threw 30-something balls last year. But he definitely has the arm, definitely has the legs. He's got a quick release. He stands in there. He's tough. The things that we he missed on, you know, not keeping his eyes downfield, he'll work on that. It, there's plenty of things to take away from. And does that mean I'm considering this a moral victory? I keep seeing that going around. No, I'm not calling it a moral victory. That We need to win the damn game. But it's very different feeling after this game than if it was year 12, which this would have been year 13, for Brian fucking Kelly, or Crying Belly, or whatever the me- nicknames, and BK Broiler, Bayou Brian, whatever, Swamp Thing. If this was his team still, I don't give a fuck about how good Buckner looked. I don't give a fuck. How- we didn't win the game, and it's- we never will. That's how it feels. But I'm looking at it through a different perspective. This was Freeman's first opportunity with this staff to play the number two team, a national championship contender. People are picking them to win the whole goddamn thing. People are picking C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman. And we held them to 21 points and played with them the entire game. So is it a moral victory? No. we got to win the game. It sucks. But you have to find the positives that we can take to move forward given this is a brand new regime, a brand new era, the Freeman era. It's a whole new thing. So let's do take the positives that we can take while not looking at it as a moral victory per se, but just realize that this looked and felt different than it has for the last 12 years. And I saw another thing. Well, uh, people are basically saying Notre Dame still sucks. All right, well, here's the deal. One of these, these two things has to be true. One of these two things has to be true. Either Notre Dame is really good and they're a top five team, or Ohio State is insanely overrated. There is, there's no in between, and they are mutually exclusive. They cannot be. The, both things cannot be true. They can't be half true. They can't be sort of true. They one is true and one is not, because Notre Dame is either a top five team, and played a top five game. Or Ohio State is really, really overrated, and these are both fringe top 25 teams. And if you listen to Ohio State, they seem to think they're the bee's knees and we suck. Well, guess what? It's one or the other. If you're the bee's knees, then we're pretty much, we're, we're getting close. Because we just played a hell of a football game against your team, especially defensively. And we can work on the offensive stuff. Hopefully Marshall. I will have a preview of Marshall coming. I don't... It it might be more of this. To be honest with you. It's Marshall. I'll, I'll throw something together for Marshall. Uh, and I'm literally saying it that way because it's fucking Marshall. But I do expect um, our offense to come out and score. You know, that's what needs to happen. But there's uh, plenty of positives to take away despite losing that should make us as Notre Dame fans feel good about the future with Marcus Freeman at the helm. 
Yes, it sucked we lost. But trust me, we are in a better place than we ever were under Brian Kelly as we are learning. He gave us he gave us proof. Brian Kelly went out of his way to give us proof that we're in a better spot. Because it took Brian Kelly how long to even remotely play a team close. Marcus Freeman did it in one game. Against a, a team that that would have been a playoff game for Brian. Brian Kelly never played that team a team like that. Well, I guess what was it? Was it nineteen? Georgia? I guess it was. But yeah, it's the only regular season game in a team of that caliber where Maybe 2020 Clemson, but how long? Again, but both those examples, those are 2019 and 2020. How long? Like, that was how many years into Brian Kelly? Nine, ten years? You know, no. This is game one, and then Brian Kelly goes out the next day and shows you exactly why we're glad he's not on our sideline anymore. Thank you for that. But, I... I'm happy with where Notre Dame appears to be going forward. So, that's all I got. I could probably go on more tangents, but I've been talking to you guys for an hour. Uh, Thank you, new listeners. If you've never heard me review a game, again, I will not always go that detailed. This was more about it's Ohio State, not how I typically run my, my recap review shows. But uh, shout out to my buddy Paul for coming by and, you know, being a respectful Ohio State fan. Let's just say that. Because he was. He was a good dude. But we are 0-1, but that's okay. Because I do believe, based on what we witnessed, 11-1 is absolutely in the cards. It's not ridiculous to think this team can go 11-1. So, please find me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Five Foot Nothing Pod. Uh, you know, if you like what I'm saying, you know, give me a review. If you give me a five star review, I will read it. I don't care what you say. I will find it. I will read it. Share it. But I, I do appreciate everything. And shout out to the the guys, uh, Nick Saracini. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, Todd Watson and Nelson Wilhite for winning their only so many Saturdays. Make them count t-shirts because as we know, there are only so many Saturdays. Make them count. And we did our best to make Saturday count. We're right there. So thank you all for tuning in. I will catch you in a few days with some Marshall information. Until then, five foot nothing, hundred nothing. Out.